after inviting them backstage to his dressing room and attempting to beep a girl under the age of 10 after having crept into her bed. The trial lasted two and a half weeks. Well, rather like with, um, you know, with Savile and all these people that the, the mothers of these children took them to the concerts and they would be told, you know, can your child come back to the room and the mother would have they'd be given champagne and it would all become a little odd and and the, these people were tricked and these people are like glitter they're warped people and they know how to manipulate people and these poor people were tricked into giving their children over now, many people would not understand that but I think you know it's very hard to understand that but powerful people do have some kind of aura over some people. Um, you know, I've met many powerful people, so have you, and some of them are some of them are charming and some of them are not. But I, I, they're just as much to me as, you know, same as anybody else I meet, really. I, I don't, I don't, I'm not easily impressed by people like that, but they, these people can be manipulated by this fame and, you know, being in the presence of a pop star, it's it's very odd how it sort of takes over and all rationality goes out the window. Yeah, I've been reading a book about Savile and when he went around on tour, the councils were gagging for him to come to the locality and he would tell them that he wanted to stay in a tent and he wanted the tent next door to have six or ten of the local teenage girls in it. And Mm. inevitably... They were all so excited about him coming. They would put these girls in these tents where he would come in the night and, and try and do these activities with them. Hmm. And he... um, like you said, it's that aura of power. And and these officials would agree to this because they thought that it was good for their local community. It was good for, you know, some publicity to have Jim all fix it or Gary Glitter or whoever else there. And then they had people around them. I don't know whether Gary Glitter was ever involved with Max Clifford, but people like Max Clifford fixed it for these people. He was the he was the introducer. He was the enabler of a lot of a lot of these other kind of people doing things. And these group of men and of that era, they had no hesitation to do whatever they wanted, and all of these people just had to do as they were told. And and they, were, they would have been told, if you don't do this, we will destroy you. Here we are, everybody, back with Matthew Steeples. There was breaking news this week about Gary Glitter being re-arrested and sent back to prison. What a monster this person is. And for our American viewers are not familiar... Matthew Steeples of the Steeple Times is going to tell you a bit about who he is. If you're not familiar with Matthew's work, all of his links are in the description box below this video. We've had a mega viral Meghan Markle series with Matthew recently. We've had a lot of feedback from that. And huge thank you to all the people who've tweeted Matthew, retweeted him, followed him on Twitter, and supported the Steeple Times. So huge thank you, Matthew, for coming back to speak about the monster that is Gary Glitter. Well, good evening, and it's it's pleasant to actually be talking about something other than uh, 
Megan for a change. Uh, <laughs> I think people people do wish to hear about other things. And uh, for the viewers out there who are fortunate not enough to, to not know who um, Gary Glitter is, um, they may have heard of his music and they may have come across his music. Um, he he has been one of the most successful recording artists. His um, his uh, song about Christmas, um, the rock and roll Christmas, was is one of the top ten most played Christmas songs. So I'm sure people have come across that. the The name of this man was Paul Gadd at birth. He was born in 1944 in Oxfordshire. Um, his mother was a cleaner. His father was very much uninterested in him. Um, little is known about his father. His mother couldn't cope with him, so he grew up in care, which actually is quite an interesting thing, I think, because, you know, he was a runaway. He would run away to London. Um, is he an example of someone who was abused in care? We don't know if he was abused before he became an abuser. And, you know, that's a common path of people who do such terrible things as he did. Um, so he he went to London. He did very well with his music. So he made all so he came up with all sorts of songs, and he was very involved with this DJing circuit. Um, he had various names that he sang under from 1960 onwards. Uh, Paul Raven. One of his names was Rubber Bucket. <laughs> you couldn't make up his bizarre choices of names. Mm. Um, a bit like Savile, he was part of all this top of the pop circuit. Um, ultimately, now he's been cancelled by the BBC. They they don't play his music, but he was used. His music was used in the 2019 film The Joker. Um, and of of that, uh, one commentator said they're literally paying to use his music in a movie about the consequences of child abuse. And he he was he does own some of his back catalogue, but he did sell um, the majority of it in 1997 to a firm called Snapper Music, and they they continue to emphasise that his music is no longer his. But this is a man who is worth supposedly eight million pounds. Um, his his wealth is hidden abroad, um, mainly in the uh, Caribbean islands, I believe. But at his 2015 trial, he got £54,000 in legal aid. This is a man who's a multimillionaire. And he is, like all of these pop star types, when they have been convicted, it doesn't stop them like Rolf Harris continuing to earn whilst they're in prison. Now, obviously, you can't stop people earning from their work. Um, but um, it was quite ridiculous that Wright said Fred, the two brothers they said it was totally unfair that people try and cancel him um we should still listen to gary glitter it's only fair to the people who worked with him that's their argument about that so um mr glitter um or mr gad uh, was somebody who came into a lot of money he he moved eventually um he married um and divorced a lady called anne munton he had links to Margate in Kent. He had links to Somerset. And Somerset is quite interesting because he does look a bit like Fred West. 
and they lived in the same sort of area, and there were all sorts of references. Whether they ever met, who knows, but they had similar interests. They were a similar age. Um, he's, you know, 78, 79 years old now. Um, he had three children. Um, one of the children was later in Cambodia uh, or Vietnam. I can't remember which, but um, he has a son um, who is his, who shares his name. Um, the ex-wife, nobody knows of her, but I believe she had links to Margase in Kent. Um, he He's somebody who... You know, could have had it all and could have been very successful. He was photographed with everybody from um, Cliff Richard, Freddie Mercury, um, the now King Charles, um, Piers Morgan. They, they were all. He, he came into touch with a lot of people, rather like Savile, and the BBC celebrated him. Um, and you know, the BBC aren't in a great place right now with the whole thing with Gary Lineker. But I think that the the, the Gary Lineker scandal is nothing compared to. What the, what they did with Savile and the likes of Gary Glitter? Do you want to explain to the Americans what the Gary Lineker scandal is? Oh, so Gary Lineker is a ex footballer turned p- pundit. He became the highest paid presenter on the BBC. Um, he's considered to be better even than Des Lynham. That was uh, one way one of the former director generals referred to him as um, as a commentator. And he is someone who has strong political views. He, he doesn't like Brexit and he he supports the rights of refugees and he's taken refugees into his own home. And he decided that he would put out a tweet criticising Suella Braverman, who is the uh, Home Secretary, in relation to a new policy to do with refugees. And the BBC decided that was political, but they at the same time have allowed other people, such as Deborah Meaden, who's on the Dragon's Den, who is also anti-Brexit, to continue to tweet. Um, you know, she's in a similar category to him because he's, he, they're both in entertainment, they're not in politics. But they, when a man called Andrew Neil, who was their politics person on the Daily Politics, and he had other shows, um, he was also editor of the spec he was also chairman of the spectator and the, and he was involved in the daily telegraph um you know he made political statements and the likes of alan sugar who is lord sugar who um you know would two men with political links they've never been censured over what they have put on their twitter so there is an element of you know is this hypocrisy, but it's also about you know why have the BBC handled it in this way, and the result was half of the footballing community refused to partake in a program called Match of the Day, which is the popular program at the weekend on on football. So Gary Glitter is as clicked up as Jimmy Savile almost. Well, he he certainly isn't in the same league in terms of the abuse. Um, the abuse is utterly vile, and it, it, it begins with 10-year-olds and goes up to much older people. Um, you know, the age range is quite vast, a bit like Savile. Um, the period of offending was very vast. Um, you know, it was in from the 1960s onwards, and it's continued well into the 20, 2010s. Um, after various convictions, he was convicted in 1999. First, he was, was that convicted. The Four thousand images. 
that was the images. Then he was convicted in 2002 in Cambodia or Vietnam. I think Vietnam he was convicted. Sorry, he he was deported from Cambodia and he went to Vietnam and was convicted there. And he was convicted in 2006. Um, and then he was convicted again in 2015 when he got a, a sentence of 16 years. Um, he served eight of those years and was freed automatically as his po- policy. That was that's something that the law decides. You know, there was outrage that he was released after half his sentence, but I think the outrage should come because whoever assessed him to release him clearly did not. Oh, I concur with that. You know, and it's a great day. It's a great week for justice because he has been sent back to prison. But let's just go more slowly over some of the things you just said then. So an early arrest was 4,000 images. And you would think that someone with 4,000 images would serve several years in prison at a very minimum. And he he managed to serve, what was it, four months on that one? Yes, that was a short, short period in prison. Um, his his offences have included, he's, he's had three offences of drink driving. Um, he avoided jail for that. Most people after, you know, a certain number of offences will be sent to prison for motoring offences even. Um, he um, has an, an attempted uh, conviction. He has convictions. He has convictions and now he's breached his license which is also a criminal offense all right so what kind of justice system only puts someone away for four months who has four thousand images is that preposterous it is but the law the law at that time i assume probably struggled to understand that rather like the law continues in this country to struggle to understand social media the law the law takes time to keep up with situations and computers in 1999 weren't as sophisticated as today and their use and how how they would have been analyzed and the police are very very slow to catch up on anything i would suggest but it is absolutely appalling yes and then looking at his all of his charges then were the next ones were they in asia is that where he went to do his predatory activity. Yes, and then he chose to go for even younger people there. And there he thought he could get away with it because he would pay off the parents and give them small sums of, I think they were around about £25 for their children. And to them, these pe- to these people, it was a lot of money. And he was able to bribe them. And I remember watching a programme about this and... You know, these poor people were abused and bullied by him. And, you know, people, there were there were gang masters there, right? You know, rather like in London, the, around Harrods, there are lots of Albanian women who beg. And those people have children and they're drugged and they sit there and they beg for money. But those women, women don't get that money. That money goes to the gang master. And I think many of the children that he got access to were through his powerful contacts he made who were bar owners and hotel owners and villa owners and he he chose he had he was able to lead a a life there that was you know very luxurious and he had servants and everything else it was a you can afford to have a better life than you can in london in fact I, i know of a dreadful man i encountered in london who equally goes to Thailand. And in London, he lives in a council flat in in Chelsea. And 
he goes off to Taiwan. His own daughters have disowned him. He's the most appalling man. But you know, you lead you lead a different life there, and you are treated like royalty and and you know a billionaire when when you don't even have as much that. Okay, he has a lot more than others, but because of his power and wealth, he was able just to get whatever he wanted. He didn't anticipate that the big problem with him is that because he was a well-known media personality, singer or musician, um, he brought with it press attention. And those countries didn't want that. You know, if you're a rich person and you go off to a place like that and you're un- you're just an under-the-radar businessman, as appalling as it is, you'll probably get away with it because you don't bring press with you. But he brought the media because they came looking for it because, of course, he makes for a good story. And those countries don't want to be considered to be, you know, backward and and uh, appalling in that manner. And and that that is why they decided to deport him from one place and put him in prison in another. Um, he was released from prison in Vietnam on the basis that he had a heart condition. Um, and then he was deported. And he should have been arrested the moment he was brought back to prison, really, because you know he he'd done he'd committed so many other crimes and there was a, a an article around about oh it was 2012 rebel magazine they 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 referenced things that occurred in around about 2009 where he he'd been he'd been talking about how he went to hotels and he would have binoculars and he would point and people would go and fetch whatever girl he wanted and he said at the time, I have the power. I'm the leader of the gang, which was the name of one of his songs. I am power. And that's how he viewed himself. And he thought that he was above the law in those places because he didn't think anyone would touch him. But he brought embarrassment to them. And that's why they they got rid of him. Have you watched the documentary Gary Glitter Come Home where the camera crew follow in his footsteps in Asia, like Cambodia? I think that, that's the program I think I... I saw the Channel 4, perhaps. It was heartbreaking, wasn't it? It showed where he would go into these camps and pretend to be a doctor. And then at night, he would get his guitar out and the kids would come around him. And that was one of his methods. But the camera crew also, they went through some village where he'd gone through and the family members were coming out and offering their kids for sale And saying, do you want the kid for an hour? Do you want the kid for the night? Do you want the kid for a few days? And the price was like, you know, a couple of dollars. It was Yes, it was tiny amounts of money. And But to those people, that was a lot of money. And, the, the you know, the lady, he, the, the lady he had the child with there, you know, he... He they he gave them a home. He paid for their home. He, he they're they're very wealthy compared to the other people there, and they don't think there's anything wrong with him. Um, I believe the daughter keeps in touch with him, but um, whether that's the case now, I don't know. But um, but you know, when he was in prison in two thousand and eight, he he showed some sign that he wanted to change. Um, he pretending, said pretending. Well, it, well, I would think it probably was pretense, but he said, I have an incomplete album that I want to finish. I've been thinking about the the plan during my days in jail. I've sung rock and roll for 40 years. For, uh, after jail, I will continue to rock and roll. I want to move on. And 
you know, whether that was just a ploy, probably, yes, likely. Um, then in June 2021, um, Jim Davidson, who is a, an, a, a sort of a, people call him an entertainer. I would say he's not. I wouldn't find him entertaining one bit. I've met him a couple of times. Um, I spoke to Paul when I visited the Verne. That's the name of the prison he was held in two years ago. He's remorseful and he's looked he looked ready to start a new life. So that was 2019 he went to visit him, and he thought that he was remorseful. Now, it's very strange that people like Jim Davidson, who was very involved in the Conservative Party, um, would say this of somebody like, like that. Um, you know, but lots of Conservative people went to see Jimmy Savile and supported him in all sorts of ways. It's And let, lots of people supported Labour. So I'm not saying it's a political thing, but um, equally bizarrely, in 2009, there was a programme made called The Execution of Gary Glitter. I don't know whether you saw or heard of that. No. So it was a mocked-up trial, and it was a, an examination of whether um, we should bring back corporal punishment to Britain. And various guests were invited on, including Anne Widdicombe, who had been a Home Secretary, a Conservative Home Secretary. She claimed she wasn't told who the person who was on trial. Um, and um, she voted to have him executed. Wow. Um, and then she, then she said afterwards, I don't have anything personal against Gary Glitter. Um, and she's a very much a pro-corporal punishment woman. And, um, you know, she's got some very bizarre views. I, I've i met her n numerous times and, I, you know, she's she's a very far right, um, but she's very into animals. She's one of those sorts of people who um, she's anti-box hunting and um, she's anti-abortion and uh, pro-death penalty. Uh She's quite a, an intolerant person. Um, but um, she did say, I don't have anything personal against Gary Glitter. Well, we'll get to what we should do with the monsters like this later on. Did you ever hear about the controversy with the Spice Girls and Spice World movie? I remember something vaguely about this, but you'll have to enlighten me. I, I remember the, there being an encounter, but I can't remember... Yeah, so Jeez. in 1997, Spice World, Gary Glitter's appearance was cut before the film was released. And the producer, Barnaby Thompson, and the editor spoke about what happened. The whole idea was the movie would be quite postmodern, have lots of pop cultural references, and have it be clear the girls were not taking themselves too seriously. That's Barnaby Thompson. Mm hmm. Um, Gary Glitter seemed to be per a perfect fit for all that. Well, what I would say is, um, you know, that was just before the 1999 conviction. So maybe it was their publicists who intervened, knowing full well what he was up to. But, um, you know, he, 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 he certainly charmed a lot of people. Lots of people liked him. Um, I can't remember the name of the the man, the, the Jonathan King, who was the pop impresario. You know, he he is another one who claims to be innocent, and he did go to prison. His victims were male, but they're of the same generation. Um, 
these people claim you know that this was all normal in that at the, in the, the time they were doing it and it was perfectly acceptable just like you know Savile was acceptable and I get lunatics who write to me and tell me that you know seven-year-olds are capable of making up their minds about whether they wish to have that kind of dreadful thing done to them I, I I'm appalled at the people I, the, there's one in particular who sends me documents I refuse to read them anymore because they're, they're, they're vile and these people have no morals and they don't care what they do yeah like I've said before these people need to burn in hell one of the tunes chosen for the movie was I'm the leader of the gang I am which they recorded and then they dropped it after all of the allegations and controversy well the 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 other titles of his songs are telling i will give you a i'll give you a sample one is called do you want to touch me another is i love you love me you can see his theme here hello hello call me again call back again another is called easy evil <laughs> I'm the leader of the gang. That's his popular one. When we wake up in the morning, we get out of bed and we start our day with Coro Snacks. Coro is a healthy snacks brand focusing on bringing additive-free natural ingredients to their customers with fair prices in bulk packaging. They have everything from nut butters to free from baking ingredients to cooking essentials and, of course, the snacks. It doesn't get healthier than this because all those other snacks have refined sugars, colours, preservatives and additives. Coros snacks have none of that. I can't wait. So I'm going to go for the bio energy ball today. Ooh, Salty pistachio. I've got a little uh, chocolate bar here, I think. Oh, the coconut chocolate bar. Mmm. Oh, that's good. Want to try it? Ooh. <laughs> so what makes Coro special in comparison to others? Coro avoids using sulfur, refined sugars, preservatives, colours and other additives. For a 5% discount on Coro's products, use the code TRUECRIME with no space in between true and crime. The link to Coro's online shop is in the description box on YouTube. Thanks for supporting our sponsor. Um, I'm doing all right with the boys. And weirdly, most recently, he did one called Boris Johnson uh, is still a F-star star C-U-N-T. Wow. Which I don't know how he did this because it was around about 2018. Probably he wrote it in prison, a bit like Rolf Harris wrote one of call, calling his victims woodworms. Um, but I don't know where that was released, but I came across that when I was reading about him earlier. So in January 2003... Glitter was deported from Cambodia to Thailand. He settled in Vietnam. From 2005, he rented a luxury seaside villa and applied for permanent Vietnamese residency. So that was going to be his home, was it? Well, that was where he planned he could stay, and he thought he could carry on doing whatever he wished to do. But but the problem was the media found him, and I think that's why the Vietnamese people wanted rid of him. And there was a bit of a show trial, Um and, you know, he got put in prison for a bit, but he, then they thought, well, we don't want him in our prisons because he's still attracting attention. So they eventually just got rid of him on the basis of his heart problem and deported him. 
So it says he came to the attention of the Vietnamese authorities after being banned from a nightclub for allegedly groping a teenage waitress. Also, eyewitnesses saw him take two young girls to his home. And then on 12th of November 2005, he fled his home. A 15-year-old was found living in his flat who was questioned by authorities. Police began searching for him and he was arrested on 20th of November at Tan Son Nat International Airport in Ho Chi Minh City while trying to board a flight to Bangkok. Six Vietnamese girls and women aged from 11 to 23 claimed that he had done stuff to them. Well, they they were they were brave to speak out because you know the the powers that be around these people generally protect. Um, I'm sure he had friends in the police there who were, you know, I'm sure he had friends who were powerful there, and he thought that's why he could continue to do what he did there and get away with it. But it didn't work out for him on that occasion, and it hasn't worked out for him very well since. So on 2nd of March 2006, he was tried on charges of committing obscene acts with girls aged 10 and 11, which gave him up facing up to 14 years in prison if convicted. Following day, he was found guilty and sentenced to three years, including mandatory deportation at the end of his sentence and payment of 5 million Vietnamese dong, which is only US $300 to his victims' families. See, they told you that the amounts are so small to him, but they're so big to them. Exactly. The judge, quote, he beep abused and committed beep acts with children many times in a disgusting and sick manner. He continued to deny any wrongdoing, claiming to have been framed by British tabloid newspapers. Well, you see, the, the, the British tabloid newspapers created the monster and then they decided to destroy him. It's a bit. I watched a program yesterday about um, George Michael, and I, I knew various people involved in that story. And, um, you know, a lot of it was about how the son had built him up as, you know, the, the heterosexual sex symbol and. Then he got caught in a lavatory and, you know, he was no longer that, but he chose to own who he was and he hadn't committed a crime. But this Gary Glitter, you know, he he was sort of the same sort of culture, the same sort of, well, a little bit earlier, but they, they build these people up, the media, and then they decide, well, we've had enough of you. And quite rightly, they've had enough of him because the things he was doing were repugnant. And, you know, the, the fact that he did it in Britain in full public view and the fact he did it in, in in Vietnam in full public view is is proof enough that the man is clearly crazy and he's a monster and he's an evil sex find. So in May 2006 he was on BBC News denying that he was a beep and claimed not to have knowingly had beep with anyone under 18. He said that he had hoped to put his life back on track and have a career after he left prison in England. He continued to blame the press for his downfall and call them the worst enemy in the world, alleging that they had paid girls in a bar to arrange a photo scoop. He did not comment about his previous conviction for downloading beep images several years earlier. Christine Bideau, director of End Child Beep, Beep and Beep, criticized Glitter and said that he was trying to minimise what he had done 
We must allow children to tell their story and not just have the words of Gad. And well, then, uh, go on. Well, he, I remember the, the videos of him uh, posing at the gates and with his cars. He went around with some bizarre fiesta or something that had been t- souped up and he had a big black Mercedes. And, you know, he walked around as if he was some superstar and he just thought this was just another appearance and he could, people would just go, oh, poor old you, you know, you're being targeted. And people didn't fall for it because, frankly, he's a sinister-looking creature. Um, he's subhuman. He's a monster. And what he, you know, it's it's transparent that you know if if you if you get caught once, you know, like the um, there was uh, one. I can't remember if it was the Who or another band. Um, one of them was found with information on their computer, and they said they'd been researching it because they wanted to expose it. Now. If you get that once, then, you know, there is the possibility that this could have been... It was a bit like the MP who got caught watching Tractor um, in the House of Commons, and he was a farmer, and he said he was looking for combined harvesters. Um, Now, the excuse sounds ridiculous, but there is the possibility of that. It could be be innocent, but it's highly unlikely it was. But... um, this this man Glitter has got thousands of images. When you've got that many images, um, you are definitely, you know, you, you are definitely what they say you are. And the fact that he's got multiple convictions. All the rest of it. This is not somebody who is capable of stopping. And that is why his early release to me is questionable because if you haven't if you haven't admitted your guilt in this country you you don't get early release now he'd served half his sentence so he was eligible for automatic release but he surely should have gone before a parole board and they should have realized that this man was a danger to the community and there are people they keep in prison for longer because they are a danger and it is clear that this man will always be a danger. Um, and at the time well, of his release... Um, let, let's, let, let me just go over some more of the story before the release, just get your thoughts on that. Yeah. So on 15th of June 2006, in a closed hearing, a free judge panel of the Supreme People's Court of Vietnam heard Glitter's appeal for a reduced sentence. This was rejected. He was calm throughout the 40-minute reading of the verdict upon leaving the courthouse. He shouted angrily at reporters, denounced Vietnamese justice for not hearing the defence arguments. On 7th of February 2007, his sentence was reduced by three months in anticipation of his release. The Philippines barred him from entering that country as of 16th of May 2008. So he served his sentence in uh, the southern Binh Thuan province in a cell with 18 other foreigners, was exempt from hard labour because of his age. In 2007, he suffered from high blood pressure and was put on medication and told to stop buying beer from the prison canteen. In 2008, after being taken to a clinic for treatment of intestinal problems, tests showed he had an irregular heartbeat. Later that month, he suffered a heart attack, collapsed in his cell. He was taken to hospital. He was kept on the police guard, visited in hospitals by officials from the British Embassy. His client intended to return to the UK, said his lawyer although he had expressed interest in moving to either Hong Kong or Singapore. In the UK, it is reported he replaced on the register of you-know-what kind of people on his return. And British Home Secretary Jackie Smith said that 
Blitter should be given a foreign travel order banning him from overseas travel. We need to control him and he'll be controlled once he returns to this country. He got released in 19th of August 2008, escorted on the police guard to the airport and put on a flight to London via Bangkok, where he claimed more medical conditions. And then <clears throat> he continued to refuse to leave. Um, he booked himself into a transit lounge and claimed he was a free man. He, ref- he was refused admission to Thailand as a threat to domestic morality. I've never even heard of that. <laughs> Thai immigration officials gave him a deadline to leave the country and warned that he would be detained and deported to UK if he did not leave voluntarily. On the evening of 20th of August, he took a flight to Hong Kong where he requested medical treatment. And on and on and on it went until uh, 22nd of August 2008, he arrived at Heathrow Airport where he was met by British police officers. Added to the register for you-know-what monsters. Stated an intention to appeal against the decision, but on 16th of January 2009, it was announced he had abandoned the appeal. And then, like you said, he planned to do this new album. And then came the next allegations and the 2015 conviction. Yes, well, he he came to attention again because of this Operation U-Tree, which involved VIP. He was obviously one of the main names, um, you know, and a lot of his associates were named also. A lot of these musicians of that time and television presenters, and they were all part of the same group of people. Now, some of them have been completely exonerated and some of them haven't, but he he obviously hasn't, and he subsequently was convicted again, and he was sent to prison, and he served, you know, eight years, but the the uh, victim's lawyer, Richard Scorer, Slater and Gordon, which is a, a well-known firm, um, some people call them ambulance chasers, they advertise of looking for victims, and some of their victims have been proven to be a little curious, but I think most of the work they've done have, has been very good. They said the release was particularly distressing and traumatic for those he attacked, and he was released from a prison in Dorset called the Verne um, in February this year. So he, he he managed to stay out for thirty eight days. Um, I I had been told that he was going to he he had been seen looking at places in Dorset in Margate in Kent, and people there were appalled. And I did write about how appalled they were. They said we don't want him in our neighbourhood. Obviously, these people have to be put somewhere. He ended up somewhere in Dorset at a bail hostel and was moved to another one. Um, One of them happened to be next to a children's playground, which is a pretty appalling thing. Uh, The local communities were appalled. Um, And then recently, in the last few days, he was filmed or photographed playing on a mobile phone in the bail hostel, on a thing called the onion, which I'd never heard of before. And it's part of the dark web and it's the way these communicate. Um, You know, he did that in full sight of others. What was he doing having access to a mobile phone in the bail hostel with, you know, with access to Wi-Fi that gives him access to things like this? Surely it should have been a license condition. He shouldn't have been allowed near the internet. Um, you know, there should be conditions of re- on license, and there, there are meant to be conditions. They obviously weren't stringent enough because he was able to do this. And obviously they 
have taken him back because they have checked these devices and he was looking at that because they wouldn't just take him for no reason because they wouldn't want the attention this brings. But the attention it brings is who is responsible for allowing this to happen. They're the people who should be criticised more than anything else because, you know, what could he have done? He he clearly... He clearly has a desire to, to do this again. He is a warped of mind person who is not prepared to stop. And he still thinks that he'll get away with it. So somebody should have decided that this man was not appropriate for release. And it's taken them 38 days to come to this conclusion. You know, he could have done something very bad in that time. Let me just expand on what he was serving that time for then that he's you know, he got released, and like you said, he was back within 38 days. So on 19th of January 2015, he appeared at Suffolk Crown Court, accused of seven counts of indecent beep, one count of attempted beep, two other offences against girls between 1975 and 1980. He was accused of beeping two girls aged 12 and 13 after inviting them backstage to his dressing room and attempting to beep a girl under the age of 10 after having crept into her bed. The trial lasted two and a half weeks. Well, rather like with, um, you know, with Savile and all these people that that the mothers of these children took them to the concerts and they would be told, you know, can your child come back to the room? And the mother would have, they'd be given champagne and it would all become a little odd. And and these people were tricked and, they're, these people are like glitter. They're warped people, and they know how to manipulate people. And these poor people were tricked into giving their children over. Now, many people would not understand that, but I think you know it's very hard to understand that. But powerful people do have some kind of aura over some people. Um, you know, I've met many powerful people, so have you, and some of them are some of them are charming, and some of them are not. But I, I, they're just as much to me as you know, same as anybody else I meet. Really, I, I, don't, I don't, I'm not easily impressed by people like that. But they, these people can be manipulated by this fame and you know, being in the presence of a pop star. It's, it's very odd how it sort of takes over and all rationality goes out the window. Yeah, I've been reading a book about Savile and when he went around on tour. The councillors were gagging for him to come to the locality and he would tell them that he wanted to stay in a tent and he wanted the tent next door to have six or ten of the local teenage girls in it. And Mm. inevitably, they were all so excited about him coming, they would put these girls in these tents where he would come in the night and and try and do these activities with them. Mm. And... um, like you said, it's that aura of power and and these officials would agree to this because they thought that it was good for their local community. It was good for you know some publicity to have Jim all fix it or Gary Glitter or whoever else there. And then they had people around them. I don't know whether Gary Glitter was ever involved with Max Clifford, but people like Max Clifford fixed it for these people. He was the he was the introducer. He was the enabler of a lot of a lot of these other kind of people doing things. And 
these group of men and of that era, they had no hesitation to do whatever they wanted, and all of these people just had to do as they were told. And and they were they would have been told, if you don't do this, we will destroy you. And they were scared, and they probably didn't tell their parents what had happened, or they they didn't understand what had happened because they were too young. And it's just absolutely sickening that somebody could even do this. But the fact that this man has got out of um, prison and after 38 days is already trying to do it again shows that Jim Davidson is completely wrong. He is not remorseful. He will do it again. And this time he should be kept there a long time. Now, um, the latest people to speak out were Pretty Patel, who was Home Secretary, um, and Robert Buckland, who was a justice minister, and they, they, they are expressing how appalled they are. Well, their government should do something about it. All right, just going back briefly to what how we got into this mess in the first place then. So I did read out these charges, and then on 5th of February 2015, he was convicted of attempted beep, four counts of indecent beep, and one of having beep with a girl under 13. He was acquitted of three other counts, remanded in custody at HM Prison Wandsworth prior to sentencing. And then on 27th of Feb 2015, Judge Alistair McCreef sentenced Glitter to 16 years in prison. Now, my first thing is, the purpose of police and the prisons, what is more important to society than protecting society against people who prey on kids and women in this nature, this nefarious nature? And if someone gets sentenced to that length of time, they should do the whole bloody sentence. For him to get out after eight years is absolutely obscene. And whose decision was that, Matthew? Well, that is um, part of sentencing guidelines. It's unfortunate, but um, in these instances, people serve longer only if they behave badly but i'll give you an example you know that lady who i know i knew of jane andrews um she stabbed someone to death and she was the dresser for the duchess of york and um she she had previous form of attacking somebody else who i met multiple times and um before she he he bought her a house to get rid of her but um she then stabbed a boyfriend because he wouldn't marry her and she went to prison for 12 years um Whilst in prison, she absconded. She got no extra time, and she was out within ten years for murder. You know, they, do, they these sentences. I, in many cases, there are people in prison who were there for far too long, and are absolutely no harm to anyone. You know, this person, Mark Alexander, who I've been very involved in the case of, he he won't admit his guilt. They won't allow him out. If he would admit his guilt, they'll allow him out. The same with a man called Omar Benguis, who I'm starting to get very interested and involved with the case of via his sister. Um, You know, there are people who should be allowed out, uh, but this this man is clearly showing signs of, of a lack of remorse, A, and B, a tendency that he will do it again. Now, that should automatically trigger within the justice system some ability to keep that person until they are safe in the community. And I don't think this man will ever be safe in the community. And equally, 
I don't feel any sympathy for him, but he isn't safe himself because the public outrage over him being released early was huge in this country. And it's not surprising because that man has abused 10-year-olds and he's abused multiple victims. You know, I'm sorry for the people who are older, but the 10-year-olds, that is the worst of it. And that is disgusting. And they were abused in this country, not Cambodia, not Vietnam. We can't do anything about what went on there because that's a different justice system. He is in this country. We have to deal with him. He can't be sent anywhere else because why would any other country take him? Um, you know, it's understandable Hong Kong didn't want him. Of course, he couldn't go there. Um, he couldn't. He couldn't go anywhere. You know, nobody, no country would willingly invite a person like that in after all the convictions he has. But our justice system should be, deal more harshly with somebody like that because he is a danger to the community. Well said. And then as soon as he got in in 2015, he began to appeal his convictions. On 17th of November 2015, his appeal was denied by the Court of Appeal, which ruled that there was nothing unsafe about the conviction. In November 2015, it was announced his performances on the BBC's Top of the Pops would not be reshown. So from 2015 to 2018, he was incarcerated at HMP Albany. In 2018, he was transferred to HM Prison The Verne, lower security. On February 3rd, 2023, he was re- released on licence after serving half of his sentence due to the sentencing guidelines in place at the time of the historic offences. On 13th of March 2023, he was recalled to prison after breach of his license conditions, which is what we've just seen this week. As a result of his convictions, episodes of Top of the Pops featuring his performances are no longer repeated. Good. Well, you, you know, the, the, the telling thing about this coward, and he is a coward, as well as a pathetic piece of scum, he, you know, he, he was hidden under a blanket as he was taken away. And the other prisoners, um, the other bail hostel people said, you know, we don't want something along the lines of, you know, we don't want him back, good riddance. And you can understand that. But, you know, so many of them were in there for far lesser things. And, you know, why would you want to have him as your neighbour? But Here is a word from today's sponsor, Aura. If you Google someone, you can find out all kinds of personal information about them. This information is accessible because of data brokers who profit by selling your information to robocallers, telemarketers, spammers. You can use my link, https dot dot forward slash forward slash aura dot com. Aura is A-U-R-A forward slash Sean Atwood, S-H-A-U-N-A-T-T Wood to try two weeks for free and see how many data brokers are sharing your info. Also linked in my description box on this YouTube version or scan the QR code on the screen. Aura also monitors your emails and passwords to see if they were involved in a data breach and exposed on the dark web and gives you the recommendations on what to do. Aura has almost every internet safety tool you'll ever need all inside one app. I know he has to be housed somewhere ultimately, but... um... He should not have been released at an early stage when he was clearly still a danger to other people. And putting him near a a children's playground and a community centre or whatever it was is absolutely outrageous also. These bail hostels of that type should be for criminals of a a non-sexual nature. 
Um, you know, you can't have a, him near a children's playground. And it's no wonder these communities were getting angry. And the, I, I got sent lots of messages from vigilante-type people. And you know, the police have to deal with a lot of problems with these vigilantes because, you know, look at many other cases. And I'm, I'm very much at the moment looking into the case of the poor woman who drowned in the river. And I've got a lot of new information on that, which the mainstream media are ignoring. And unfortunately the social media stoked up the public into invading people's homes and doing all sorts of silly things. And people came from all over the country in that case. But with people like him, somebody could come with a knife and that could endanger other people in the same area. He's not a safe person to have in a in a community you know, where, where there are children or particularly. He's not a safe person to have really anywhere, but you've got to put him somewhere. Um, I understand that. But at this stage, he should not have been released. That is very, very clear. How do these predators get access to phones like that when they're in these places where they're being released to? Well, I suppose they're allowed an amount of... You probably know more about this than I do, but they're, they're obviously allowed an amount of money, aren't they, each day? Oh, because of his money, then he's able to, you know, throw he, that around and get whatever he wants. No, but, but I, I think they're allowed an allowance. But he, the, the picture of him on the telephone looks like a an Apple smartphone. You know, they're not cheap. He 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 wasn't issued that by the the state because they wouldn't give you something. They'd give him a basic phone if they gave him any phone. But um, but he had a sophisticated telephone. He either bribed somebody to get it or he bought it himself. Now. He's obviously got plenty of money, so he can buy anything he wants if, if he's allowed access to money. But maybe his financial resources should be restricted, given that he took £54,000 off the state to cover the cost of his trial when he's a multimillionaire and he's got at least £8 million offshore. He's, he owns a property in central London that, that, that must be worth several million pounds, I would assume, in Marlebone, I believe. Um I don't know what other properties he owns. He probably has other houses. He did have a home in Somerset, whether he still owns that, I don't know. Um, he's able to fund fund these children of his. Uh, you know, the man has access to money, but he shouldn't have access to the technology because he clearly abuses it. Why hasn't his assets been liquidated and given to his victims? Uh, because the assets are offshore and he's probably got very good lawyers. Does his money replenish from royalties or has all that stopped because the music isn't being played anymore? Well, the music is still played. His music is in lots of things. So uh, but, 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 but he did sell his catalogue in 1997, whether it was the entire catalogue. For example, I know a man who owns part of the back catalogue of Frank Sinatra, but he owns the lesser songs and he still makes a lot of money out. Now, these artists can sell off bits of their catalog and they can keep other bits so he will have a he will have a regular income from his catalog whether he has whether he sold off the most important bits i don't know when um obviously there's a co- company called snapper music they're the company that should be questioned on that front but that he will have income from that and then he'll have income from other things for example jane andrews when in prison she rented out her £500,000 flat that was bought for her in the 1990s for 500000 for the entire 10 years she was in prison. 
So she comes out to a little nest egg and he will have the same because, you know, I'm sure he didn't keep his property empty. Um, you know, if a, an apartment in Marlebone, Mayfair, would have rented out for a substantial sum. He wouldn't live in some hovel. I'm sure of that. Um, you know, I'm sure he's made plenty of money whilst in prison. Yeah, I'm just looking at an article here about the royalties and the catalogue. This is from CNBC back in 2019, saying that he will not receive royalties from the Joker. His 1972 hit, Rock and Roll Part 2, in the comic book film sparked a backlash. And the label Snapper Music owns Glitter's songs said that Glitter does not get paid. We've had no contact with him. Also, Universal Music Publishing Group said it was not paying the music royalties to Glitter. The rights holders to music um, have reportedly said that they will not receive any he will not receive any of his royalties, especially from the Joker. And due to all of this, you know, the offences and stuff that we've talked about. Um, well, that, that is definitely the case, and that's true in the, the case of certain songs, but he will he will retain other things. And by, by using his music, in my view, um, you are still giving him a position of respect because he's still there and he's laughing at all his victims by saying, you know, I'm still famous. Not paying him doesn't really matter because he's still got. He'll have plenty of money tight if he got paid. He'll have invested that money, unless he was stupid. He he did go bankrupt at one point, but then he supposedly that was in the early eighties. But he supposedly then did very well again after that. But they will not own his entire catalogue for a start. But purely using his music it is is giving him, you know. An entitlement to believe that he's still relevant and famous, and frankly, I don't want to hear his dreadful music. I, you know, I, it's like when you hear Rolf Harris and his two little boys; it's just disgusting. It, okay, Wright said Fred. They said, you know, they shouldn't stop playing his music because, um, you know, it's not fair to the other people who worked on it, and they should have an income. But um, some of the people who worked with him are probably. They, they must have known what he was doing. Um, I don't think that excuses it personally, but obviously um, I, I'm not a great believer in cancel culture overall. I think cancel culture is bad. But when it comes to somebody who abuses 10-year-old girls and, and you know, people who go around doing what he did, uh, you know, he's on the sex offenders list for register for the rest of his life. Um He's banned from lots of places. Uh, why Why would Universal and um, the Joker and all these things want anything to do with this creep? Do you think this creep sold his rights to his music because he saw the writing on the wall and he wanted to cash in and li- make it the problem of Snapper Music and these other entities? Um, well, I, I think that he obviously chose to do it in 1997 that was two years before the first situation um you know he was getting he's, he was getting older he's you know he's now nearly nearly 80 years old he hasn't he's got a heart condition he can't be that long for the world now but um thankfully but he he is somebody who 
will have had business managers. He's He was obviously able to keep his fortune for a long time. So, you know, I'm sure he is slightly savvy when it comes to money. So you could be right, yes. Um, but, you know, he's he's supposedly hidden £8 million abroad. So he's not he can't be stupid. So Snapper Music then, they buy the rights. They want to get their money back. Are they absolved of blame of perpetuating his legend then? They, they, they've said Glitter is not entitled to, nor have we paid any royalties or share of sync fees or other monies from the catalogue. And they also said um, Rock and Roll Part 2 belongs to Universal Music Publishing Group, um, who have also not paid any royalties. The song... In 1972, hit was co-written by Glitter and Leander. Plays for two minutes as Joaquin Phoenix um, dances down a long flight of steps in the movie. And the, um, Gary Glitter's publishing interest in the copyright of his songs is owned by UMPG and other parties. Therefore, UMPG does not pay him any royalties or other considerations. That's according to the LA Times because the Joker brought in Ninety-three point five million in the U.S. alone. But you know that is that is a, a, a film that, as I said, as I said before, um, one person, a commentator, said they're literally paying to use his music in a movie about the consequences of child abuse. Now, even if he wasn't being paid, you know they are linking it to the consequences of child abuse, and. They could they could have chosen somebody else's music. They don't have to have his music. Um, now that's a that's a choice for their business. That's their own. They bought it in good faith. They they would argue they they haven't done anything wrong in their view. But the moral the moral compass there is clearly very lacking. Um, uh, you know, it's a commercial decision. Uh, people don't like cancelling people. Da, 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 da. There's all sorts of get out clauses for them, but I don't think it's acceptable. So we know that he falls back on health issues when he gets in trouble. Do you think his health issues are genuine or do you think that he the only issues he has is mental health issues? Well, that, that was something else I would, was going to bring up. You know, is this man genuinely ill? You know, was he somebody who was abused as a child? You know, given he grew up in care, he had a father who wasn't present. He had a mother who clearly could not cope with him. He he ran away from home. He he obviously had a very warped upbringing, which probably led him to becoming a very warped adult. Um, so, you know, did he know right from wrong at the beginning? Um you know, he he was obviously clever enough and talented enough to get himself up there as a musician. You know, he he is he's had he's sold over twenty million records, twenty six hit singles. Uh, you know, rock and roll, Christmas, the most played, one of the most played Christmas songs. Um, but the fact that he would sit in hotel rooms with binoculars and point to girls and have them brought to him and say, you know. I am the power um, is indicative of somebody who is thoroughly evil. Um, and, 
you know, his whole style. Um, okay, people of that generation did some of them did dress like that, but he he looks disgusting. He looks creepy. He looks like a monster, and you know, his song titles, as I have already said, you know, easy evil. He has no problem with the word evil. He he thinks it's a bit of fun. Um, you know, do you want to touch me? It's all it's all a bit seedy and creepy and you know, surely people saw through that. There, there were people at the time who probably said, We know he's bad, but they just went, Oh, you know, a bit of fun, let him carry on. And that's how it was excused. And because of that, he grew to be a bigger monster. And look, he he he's not shown any remorse. Jim Davidson is clearly either a hoodwinked fool or an absolute idiot to have said that, you know, this man is remorseful looking to start a new life. He definitely isn't. He was looking for his next victim. That is what he wanted. He thought, oh, I can sit here in this bail hostel and the people around me, they're, they're all a bit naughty as well. They've all done bad things. They won't dob me in. Well, I'm sure whoever took that photograph got paid for that photograph. That would be interesting to know who paid um, either, was it the son or the male? I don't know which bought it. But, um, you know, these people are not going to be protected because where there's money, but like when he was in Thailand, people will trade you in. Talk about creepy. Have you seen the clips of him and Savile on YouTube from back? Oh, Oh, there were lots of clips of him um, on the top of the pops, and and there, there, you know, I remember hearing of victims. I've never encountered a single one of his victims. I I ne- never encountered a Savile victim. I've encountered victims of Rolf Harris, who was part of the same kind of group. Um, they were all part of this top of the pops lot. Um, you know, these people were just they they had no hesitation in taking these poor innocent people who were young and vulnerable and doing disgusting things to them and because they they had they'd come from you know the wrong side of the tracks themselves these people these these famous characters so they just assume once you're in the world of fame that you join the club and you're going to be protected um Unfortunately for him, and fortunately for others, Gary Glitter is no longer welcome anywhere. There is no way back for him. There is no redemption. Um, you know, if there is a God, then you know he'll go. To, he'll burn in hell. Um, there is. It is disgusting that that this man was allowed out, and for thirty-eight days, goodness knows what he was doing because. If he was on that phone when he got photographed, how many other times had he been on that phone? Yeah, when you catch someone doing something, you know they're doing 100 times more that they've not been caught for yet. And they were yelling, good riddance, we don't want you back. The residents at the probation hostel celebrated this week as he got nabbed and was carted off. And like you said, he was filmed staring at a screen saying he was trying to find the onion, which is a realm used by beeps and other criminals as it is hard to monitor or trace its users. He was driven away from the bail hostel Monday night under a brown blanket at 6.05 p.m. with residents cheering about his riddance 
the the brown blanket says something very clear. The fact that he hid under a blanket means he knows he did something wrong. That means he can't be as delusional and deranged as he probably will claim he is. I think that shows that this man knows full well what he's doing and he's in full control. And that makes the authorities even worse for not seeing this because they are meant to be trained in analysing such people. So he now is facing a UK parole board hearing to determine if he is fit to be released. And oh my goodness, if anyone was not fit to be released, it's him. So whoever's on that parole board hearing, we're going to pray they do the right thing. Do you know how that works, the parole board hearing? Um, Well, he has to go there and explain himself and... um... There will be a board of people and they will they will ask him questions and he'll either tell them a load of lies and they'll either believe him or they won't, basically. Um but but the fact is, you know, if they did release him, there is a danger also that they would put him at risk. And I know I don't care about him, I couldn't give a damn about him, but there will be vigilantes now who will be determined to get him. They will probably always, I don't know whether he ever got attacked in prison, but people like him don't do well in a prison because, A, they're famous, unless they pay. You know, it's a bit like the uh, the case that you don't, you're not allowed to talk about uh, involving the the newspaper tycoon and the Ponzi schemer. Um, you know, his brother's been talking in recent days and he said, you know, his brother didn't wish to die and da 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 and he said you know my brother pay had paid the inmates now i'm sure that mr glitter paid plenty of people to keep himself very well kept in prison because we never heard of an incident of, with him as far as i'm aware um you know most people of his type get don't they get boiling hot kettles with uh sugar thrown over them and things like that which you know, I don't think anyone should do that to any human. I think that's appalling. But he obviously paid his way through prison. Um, he he is capable of thought, rational thought, that he can protect himself. So he's clearly of manipulative mind. Now, whether he can manipulate this parole board depends on how weak they are or how strong they are. But I don't see how they can excuse somebody who was caught going on a dark web thing to find more victims um if they do that there would be national outrage yeah it was the sun on sunday which caught him in the video in which he says so what do i do next let's try and find this onion and in terms of inmate justice on these monsters it's true what you're saying matthew but these days our incarceration systems have grown so massive I'm not going to say the P word. Let's just call them adults attracted to kids. Just euphemizing here so that the algorithm doesn't kill us on this video. Um, not taking away from the monstrous stuff that they do. Um, there's whole prisons now for these adults who are attracted to kids. And they have a hierarchy in them whereby, you know, some of them that have a propensity towards the youngest. I mean, you know, you remember that? leader of that band out of Wales who was attracted to babies. Um, yes. There's, there's a whole hierarchy. Well, amongst, when, it, amongst... when it comes to that man from Wales, I forget his name, um, Watkins, I think his name was, Ian Watkins. 
can't remember the name of the group. Um, but the, the right said Fred people, they were very much the same view of him. They were, they said, you know, he produced good music. He should be allowed to carry on. Um, you know, th- th- these people enabled them, these others. You know, this right said Fred, um, you know, they, they seem to have very strange views on an all, all manner of things, in my view. But um, it's disgusting that these fellow famous people continue to try and protect people who've done monstrous things. You know, it was rather like when Rolf Harris was convicted. Uh, Scylla Black, who's deceased now, and she, she was friends with Rolf Harris also. Uh, sorry, when it, uh, she was friends with plenty of others of these people also. But when Rolf Harris was convicted, she she was filmed outside the Ivy restaurant looking absolutely furious and irate. And the likes of, you know, this lady, Gloria Hunniford, who um, was friends with Cliff Richard. Cliff Richard was exonerated. All of these people, they 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 support one another. And whether, you know, whether it's, whether these people have done something and they've been wrongly accused or not, there is a point where you have to just say enough is enough and it's time to move on in like the world. And, um, you know, this disgusting things that went on in the 1970s, 60s and, and 80s also with this group of creeps and they were all friends. It is time to stop celebrating them. Um, and I hope with the new era of this new king, you know, we don't have people like Rolf Harris, you know, the equivalent who who will then be exposed performing at you know, the coronation and elsewhere, because thankfully we now live in an age where people do expose this a lot more. Um, Not everyone gets justice, but there are more examples of it, I think. So I am thankful for that at least. But with this glitter man, he he is a, a prime example of someone who deserves to be forgotten. He should be thrown in a hole and forgotten about. I mean, he can't live much longer anyway. If he's if he's supposedly so ill with his heart condition, then he won't live much longer. He is 80, nearly 80 years old. Um, he, he is somebody no community wants near them. And frankly, the authorities should never have allowed him out until he was fit to be allowed out. And I don't think he ever will be fit. There are people who are in prison who are not allowed out, who are fit to be allowed out, and they keep them there. I believe there are about is there about twenty eight prisoners who are deemed unfit to be released ever in this country. He should be one of them. He definitely should be one of them. And this board let him out. This board that's going to be seeing him soon. If they believe his nonsense, those people need to be thrown in prison as well. Just a little aside then on Ian Watkins, because we have covered him extensively on the channel in the past, and I think we had to take it down because it was so heinous what he did. And the band was the Lost Prophets. So he's presently serving a 29-year prison sentence for 13 beep offences, including the attempted beep of a baby. Hope you're enjoying this podcast. There's a word from our sponsor, Rocket Money. The other day, I had to cancel free Amazon Prime memberships. I had a personal on the UK, Amazon, US, Amazon company account, US, Amazon, UK, Amazon. 
do you understand how hard it is to cancel these bloody things? That's why Rocket Money makes these things so much easier, formerly known as Truebill. The app shows all your subscriptions in one place and cancels what you don't want for you. Rocket Money can even find subscriptions you didn't know you were paying for. Just like with me, with my four Amazon Prime memberships, you may find out you've been at least double charged for a subscription. To cancel a subscription, all you've got to do is press cancel and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. Get rid of useless subscriptions with Rocket Money now. Go to rocketmoney.com forward slash Sean, S-H-A-U-N. Seriously, it could save you hundreds per year. That's rocketmoney.com forward slash Sean, S-H-A-U-N. Thank you for supporting our sponsor, Rocket Money. Links in the description box. Cheers. Well, again, these people are disgusting filth and scum, and they should be kept well away from humanity. And those that enabled them should also be punished. I think it's very important in all of these cases, you know, particularly the Ponzi schemer and the uh, the publisher's daughter. You know, why haven't why haven't people been brought to justice who they were involved in being participating, whatever you want to call it, with it's uh, and with this glitter. There were clearly others that he did this with, like Savile didn't do it alone. You know, there was his driver. Um, I forget his name, but a horrible man. He was evil. Um, you know, they, they had others that were with them and the others sort of get protected. You know, like the football agent man. Um, I can't remember his name, but that, that awful man, he, he'd take the children away from their parents for the weekend and say, we're going to football camp. I'll get them a great career. And these parents were, they willingly believed it because he had made people successful. And it, it took it took thirty years for these people to get justice because they were so scared. And it was only when the Savile man was brought down that this all started to fall apart for those people. But I think you know now another lesson should be learnt. You know we learnt the lesson of we you know even after thirty years you can get justice. But now that the, the, some of these characters are starting to get out of prison. Perhaps it's time to realize that they're not going to change. They're never going to change. They're the leopards that won't change their spots, and they should not be forgiven. They should not be given another chance because they clearly will do it again. And the justice system should protect, protect the community from the dangers of other people as much as giving a punishment. It is about the protection of others. And these people are not um, safe to be near other people. It seems the justice system only cares if drugs are involved. So there was a plot being hatched by Gary Glitter last month. And reports came out that he was planning to flee the UK and join his son in Spain. Had you heard anything about this, Matthew? I can believe it's... A possibility, but it would be very hard for him to do it. He's not exactly um, um, somebody who blends in, is he? He'd be easily spotted at an airport, for example. But he could, you know, he could sail away on a private boat or whatever, you know, like Kenneth Noy. Interestingly, he was represented by a vile man who I encountered. um, You may have heard of who conned a lot of people. 
He's in prison for impersonating a lawyer called Giovanni De Stefano. And Mr. De Stefano called himself the devil's advocate. Um, he uh, represented Nicholas Van Hoekstraten, who is this vile man who's fathered about 25 children and was a great friend of Mugabe. Uh, he burnt, he's in prison for killing a business associate in Brighton. He was building the biggest palace in Britain. That was his main client. But um, uh, Paul Gad, Gary Glitter, was another of his clients. Uh, he claimed he represented Saddam Hussein. Um, and you know the, the people they associate with, and one of the other clients was uh, the man who featured in the program recently called The Gold, uh, this Kenneth Noy. And they all believe, even they were conned by this lawyer. So, you know, there is the possibility he could try, he could try and escape. He has the resources. Um, that should be another reason the parole board should consider keeping him because, um, you know, he is a flight risk. He has the means and he has the resources. That's why the publisher's daughter was kept in prison because she could afford to get out of there. And, um, you know, he, he, if he were allowed to go, he could go somewhere else, but he couldn't easily get into another country because, frankly, no country wants a sex offender. And it's very difficult for a sex offender to get in unless you change your identity. Um, it's going to be very hard for him to blend in as he is because he's a you know he's got that horrible strange beard and you know he's a very odd looking man so yes he could he could escape and i believe his son is very much perhaps the son man, manages all the business interests i i don't know but he he i have read mention of his children being involved with him in other countries yes apparently his son gary pantoha sosa 21 years old, was on standby and Glitter told him that he needed to stay out of the way um, himself and they are in regular contact and the quote I sold the mail is he's in touch with him and he could go there. He told him that's the plan. Glitter fathered Mr. Sosa with Eudenia Sosa Martinez mm. in 2001 while hiding in Cuba. Reports of the plan um, to relocate to Spain um, came this year. And we've had this week that plan has been snuffed out if it was going to be put into motion. Because but um, Spain is a little harder to go to. Uh, you know, in, in the 1980s, 1990s, you know, villains would go there because it was known as the Costa del Crime because it was full of, you know, criminal Brits. But... It's extradition from such places is a lot easier. Um, and again, as I said about the situation when he was in Vietnam, the fact that he brings media looking for him is something any country doesn't want because they don't want to be seen to harbour such a person. So in the age of the internet and the age of TikTok and you know the smart devices that he likes playing around on his dark web with, They'll be his finish. They'll finish him off because they don't hide him enough. So he was classified, Glitter, as a level three beep offender, which means he is seen as dangerous and capable of causing serious harm. 
and needs senior probation staff to monitor him, which obviously they weren't doing if he's getting on the dark web. No, he clearly wasn't monitored in this bail hostel properly, but the bail hostel management will probably say they're under-resourced, they can't deal with enough, with all the people they've got, da, 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 da. there'll be blame going every, every angle, I would think. So you've done several articles on Glitter at the Steeple Times. We have Roots. over the years. Oh, Going back to oh, 2000 and I would say 2012 when I started, yes, we have covered him repeatedly, yes. I'm going to put links to these in the description box, people, if you want to read these in depth at the Steeple Times. One of them's called Gruesome Gadabout Gary Glitter Filthy Beep Glitter Out of Prison and Free to Abuse. And the other one from December 2022. Where that was Gary that, that was when I, I was alerted by people... <laughs> in Kent, that he was possibly headed to Kent, but he ended up in Dorset. It was obviously deemed unsuitable, the accommodation that he wanted in Kent. And he does have links here, you see, in Kent. God, he looks like the devil with that photo you've used in that one article with the beard, the little grey beard. Oh, he looks like the devil in most photographs I would counter, but the man... He is a monster, and he is a villain, and he is—he's twisted and evil. And you know, when you mention the sun, you know the sun—the sun is somebody he's manipulating to try and help him. And you know, he's manipulated that boy's mother by probably paying her next to nothing. Um, they don't probably live in—they they live in luxury for their country, but compared to what he's worth, you know, he's just using these people. He uses everybody. A vile, sick, twisted, evil man. Which draws us to the question of what should we do with these monsters, which I'm going to ask you and any viewers watching this, please put in the comments or the live chat. Do you believe that these guys should get life sentences and or chemical castration? Well, I think that someone of his type should be kept in prison until they are no longer a danger to the community and in his case, it is clear that he will remain a danger to the community for the rest of his life. And they should reassess him every six months, every year, and they will realise that he's a danger and he would never be released. I think that is the the correct thing to do with him at this stage. He, he will not live much longer anyway, thankfully. He is old and he's got a heart condition. If he's to be believed, he, he probably does have a heart condition. He doesn't look like he led a very healthy life. He probably lived on junk food and, you know, drugs and whatever else. And he he is somebody who is not safe to be near any decent human being. He should be kept away in a hole where he belongs. Well, the fact that he's just in and out constantly shows that these idiots that are in charge of screening him is, you know, desirability to let him out are just completely incompetent. And it just, I fear that that cycle is just going to keep repeating, Matthew. Well, there is, there is the consideration that a lot of the law is not sufficient to deal with this. Um, The law doesn't understand, you know, how social media works, for example. A lot of these abusers use these, social media platforms now but the the law hasn't kept up with them and 
it is time that the likes of Facebook, Twitter, um, TikTok, all those things, you know, with the billions of pounds of profits they make each year, were made to assist more in helping the police. You know, I was involved in a case of abuse, um, a, you know, a threat, a threat against life where a man offered a reward to kill a lady who I knew and uh, I was mentioned also. And the judge of the case rightly said, you know, I would if he'd written the letter, we could have given him 12 years. Instead, he got 12 weeks. And the problem is social media is not understood by the justice system yet correctly. And that's why this glitter man was playing on a bloody telephone. You know, he, he knows that it's easier to hide on, a, on the dark web. You know, who taught him about this? He's an 80-year-old man. You don't expect 80-year-olds to know much about about the social media and the the internet. And clearly he learned probably more from his fellow prison mates who were likely as sick and twisted as him. Well, hopefully the law, the legal system, are going to feel a hell of a backlash if they let him out, this monster out again. Because, you know, people have just been in uproar all over the country ever since he got released. They're thankful that he's back in now, and we hope he stays in. Is there anything I've left out, Matthew? I think we've pretty much covered all of it, really. But the the only thing, you know, we have to think about you know, is, was he actually abused himself? And what led him to become an abuser? And I think that is quite an interesting point that no one's really talked about. And, you know, he did grow up in the care system. And was his mind so warped that he ended up like this? And But at the end of the day, what is he now? He's simply what many people would call a public hate figure. And he deserves to be, and he deserves to burn in hell. And I think that's all I have to say beyond that. Well, do you think that when he goes to these board hearings, then he uses the sob story hook of childhood trauma and abuse to manipulate the people? Because I spoke to a psychiatrist once and she said, a lot of these people, who adults who are attracted to kids, try and play the system by portraying that that has happened to them to get mitigating circumstances. Um, well, he he did run away he, he a lot as a child, from what I have read. Um, he did grow up in care because his family couldn't cope with him. He did have a father who had no interest in him. Um, they are clear facts, but he will no doubt play on that. I don't think he's stupid, and he's clearly able to use technology. He's clearly able to manage business affairs. Um, you know, whatever he 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 is doing, you know, he can't claim to be he can't claim to be of ill of mind in the sense that he can't manage his own affairs. He obviously knows who he is. Um, so it, it would be very hard for him to con you or I. But, uh, you know, some people in the system feel sympathetic to these people. And that is disgusting and wrong. And I just hope that justice will be done this time and that he will be kept there indefinitely because that's where he, he is not safe to be near other people. So anyone sympathetic to him in the system needs to be kicked out of the system. That's obscene. They're just enabling his behavior and creating more victims. 
and they're also piling more misery on his existing victims. And as that, you know, as that lawyer, Richard Scorer of Slater and Gordon said, release was particularly distressing and traumatic for those he attacked. You know, it, it triggers them again and they relive the horror of what happened to them. And they think, you know, we've had 30, 40 years of horror and, you know, he's walking the streets again and he could do it to someone else. And that probably terrifies them even more than anything else. You know, to live with that being done to you and then that person being able to come out and, you know, profiteer again from, as he clearly does, because these music companies don't stop him, um, is just plain wrong. Huge thank you to you, Matthew, for giving us such a comprehensive 90-minute account of Gary Glitter's life story and the current situation. Like I said, viewers, I'm going to put links, all of Matthew's links in the description box, Twitter, Steeple Times, and I'll put links specifically as well to these two articles at the Steeple Times about Glitter if you want to check them out. If you want to learn more about Savile, our viral Savile documentary, Untouchable, which Matthew is in, as well as many other contributors. Um, it's got well over a million views right now. Um, check that out on YouTube. It's free to watch. It's about four hours long. And huge thank you for watching this. And again, let us know in the chat if you think the whole justice system is upside down like we do, whereby drug offenders get life sentences and predators get slaps on the wrist. It's absolutely pathetic. And we are campaigning for life sentences and our chemical castration. Because what's more important to society than the police and the prisons protecting Kids, kids from predators and women from predators. That should be the absolute priority of the police, not these pathetic drug busts arresting people for the green and stuff like that. I've got to change my battery, but anything you'd like to say in conclusion, Matthew? I'd just like to say thank you very much, and uh, I hope that this man is kept there for the rest of eternity. I think he deserves to burn in hell, and that is that. Thank you very much. He deserves to go through a complete loop of Dante's Inferno, as far as I'm concerned. So again, yeah, everybody, please go down and support Matthew's work. Thank you for supporting the channel. If you haven't subscribed yet, please sub, please like, because we are getting absolutely hammered by the algorithm. It's trying to prevent us from getting these important stories and topics out. So take care out there, wherever you are in the world. Cheers from London. Much love and respect. Thank you very much. Cheers.